The season is nearing its end, and division races are getting even tighter. Today, we go over the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox. Let's go! Hey guys, what's up? This is a, a little bit of a, a weird and special episode. The Luke Manderfeld has, has let us go off on our own, and it's just Robert and I on the stitches today. But uh, we're going over some uh, very, very enticing things to us. Uh, the Minnesota Twins and Chicago White Sox are 1-2 and two in the division this year, and it's getting tighter and tighter as we go. But Robert, before we start, how are you today? I'm doing well, Nick. I have never been more excited in my life to see the White Sox and Twins. The rivalry is back. Uh, I can smell postseason baseball for both these ball clubs. I have no idea where both these teams are going to end up when it's all said and done, whether that's winning the division or even how far they'll go in the playoffs. But it is exciting for not only myself, but I just think for Minnesota fans as well. The Sox and Twins, man, we are here, and they are going to be a threat for not just this year but years to come. What do you think? Oh, I, I 100% agree. I think it'll be interesting because we all thought that possibly the Chicago White Sox might be a little little early with their with how good they are right now. We thought maybe a year away at that, but uh, I mean, here they are. Here's the future now for the White Sox. I mean, we already saw we saw a no hitter from Giolito this season. We've seen Luis Roberts pop off on the season, and Tim Anderson. He's somehow doing again what he did last year. Um, Jose Abreu is in the MVP consideration. This team, it's it's there's so much, so many sluggers on this team. It's pretty incredible. You uh, you talked earlier in the season how you saw this team was going to be almost identical to the 2019 Twins offense. How 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 do you feel in that prediction right now? I feel pretty good about it. I mean, the White Sox are four home runs up on the Twins. If you want to go into who leads home runs, the Bomba Squad does not. The White Sox, like I said, are up by four. But there are two guys in that lineup who are not hitting any home runs and have actually been pretty disappointing, and that's Mazzara has zero, and Edwin Canacion has eight home runs, but he should have probably more because he's a big 30-40 home run guy. Even though he's old, he still puts out 30 home runs. Now, obviously, this is not a 162-game season, but he should still have probably about 10-12 home runs by now, and he doesn't. So a little disappointing on that spect. Yeah, I mean, I... To be honest, I was I wasn't surprised with Mazzara. I wasn't a, a, a big uh, a big fan of him coming into the season, but Edwin Encarnacion has just been has been a disappointment. I mean, he's hitting what like what's his what's his batting average right now? It's like uh, one seventy four. One seventy four on base percentage. Mm-hmm. And four seventeen slugging. Even a four seventeen slugging for a guy that's a 30, 40 home run threat. Uh, I don't know if it's just age has finally caught up to him. Uh, we talked about him and Nelson Cruz kind of being the old home run threats throughout this year, and and maybe Edwin is hit, has hit that, or or it's just a bad season, a weird season for him. But but yeah, it's surprising to see those two guys not put out, especially Edwin. But like like we said, I mean this it's young team we have Nick Madrigal who's who's been amazing this year, um, and Luis Robert. We've talked so much about him. Uh, I don't think we've talked enough about Jose Abreu though, and and Eloy Jimenez who. Eloy Jimenez, who has been absolutely incredible too this season. Um, so they got bats. They got sticks this year. And the pitching has picked up. You've been talking about that pitching. Uh, what's What's been up with the pitching? All of a sudden, these starters are, are performing well. Uh, they're putting up good numbers in, in, in everything. Yeah, Lucas Giolito has been amazing. The high fastball has made him one of the best pitchers in the American League as of late because of it. Opponents are only batting 187 against him. 
probably due to that high fastball. And, like, he's striking out guys. I mean, last season he struck out guys. He's showing that he's not walking as many. I know he's had a couple starts where he's had a few too many walks. But as far as over the longevity of the season, he's been pretty consistent. His whip is a 1.03. That tells the whole story. He's only allowed five home runs, which is not that much. And even to compliment Giolito, Keiko has been pitching out of his mind. Now, I know he just went to the IL with the back spasm. He might come back for game four for this series. We'll see. But he has a, he's sparkling at a 2.19 ERA. His whip is right there with Giolito at a 1.05. And opponents are only hitting 203 against him. So, Dallas Keiko has been the anchor. This is a guy that I thought would have a high three. He has much exceeded my expectations. And then, of course, Dylan, Dylan Cease is a guy that had a very high ERA last year, had strikeout potential. Now he's not striking out anybody, and he still kind of has an iffy control, but he only has a 3.33 ERA, which I still think is a little, maybe not quite as what we would predict. I still think it's a little bit higher, but he's getting a little lucky. It's working. He definitely does have one of the highest velocities in the game when it comes to throwing fastballs, but something's working there, and I tell you what, it's because of that catching tandem. James McCann has really stepped up, has actually taken over since Grandal has been slumping so bad. But now Grandal has finally picked it up and has taken back his catcher role. But they're still mixing and matching, putting Grandal at first base and DHing when Abreu's not playing and vice versa. Whereas McCann then becomes the everyday catcher. He's actually been the better framer this season than Grandal. And James McCann's not really known for framing so much. He's gotten a lot better. I don't know if that's just because... Grandal is taking him over his wing, or he just, you know, over time just became a better catcher. But you got to give credit to the catching. That's why the starting pitching has been so dominant. And one of the best things I really like about this starting pitching is Dane Dunning. He was one of my biggest X factors coming into this season. He now has a 2.7 ERA. His whip is at a 1. Nobody's hitting him. It's only four starts. But his stuff is not even there yet, Nick. Nick, this is a guy who could throw 96. He's throwing about 93, 94. And he's hitting his spots. He's showing command. The thing is, he's not going deep. And I think that's just because he came off of Tommy John surgery. So they're going to try and use him wisely. We'll see how he plays in the postseason as well. But Dunning is a big pitcher. And I'm very excited that this three-starter could be a huge future piece for the Sox. And he's a big reason the Sox have been a hold. Because the five-starter, Lopez, has been garbage. Gio Gonzalez has been iffy. Uh, I mean, really, it's just four starters. And when you have so many runs scored that the Sox have had, they've been a dangerous team. And that's the way they've been winning ball games. Yeah, I mean, I, going off those the Cease and Dunning thing, it's it's interesting because Cease has, has been the bigger prospect coming up, um, but Dunning's been I, I'd say better performing. In looking even looking at his uh, his the analytics side of it, it's they're almost flip flopped, um, and, and the opposite of each other. Uh, Cease has the incredible fastball. He's got great spin rate. He's got a great great spin rate on all his breaking pitches, but. Everything else is just terrible. He's getting hit hard. He's not missing bats. He's not getting strikeouts. Um, but then when you look at Dane Dunning, it's almost the opposite. He's not. I mean, he throws. He throws hard, uh, but not 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 elite hard. He doesn't have a ton of spin rate, but he no one's hitting him like you said. He's getting guys out. Um, so it's kind of interesting seeing that because we we have heard of Cease coming up and just being this 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 future top of the line rotation guy, and then Dane Dunning comes up um, after after Tommy John and just he's just been incredible for them um i i want to jump into the twins here quick because you were talking about swapping in and out of the catchers the twins they have uh they've been on the kind of on the injury list lately they've been losing guys getting guys back on what what's been your take on what's been going on they just got donaldson and buxton back and then they lose kepler kepler's back and lose rucker uh is 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 there a chance they can ever be healthy this year (laughs) 
I mean, it's possible. I, I really think for the Twins, the reason they're not getting as many runs as they should is the leadoff role has not been fantastic. Kepler was really off to a great start in Chicago to start the season. He, we thought, oh gosh, he's going to be back to his home run pace. It's really, it's been really a slowdown for him. I believe his on-base percentage is about 315. It's not something to be super excited about if you're a leadoff guy, besides the fact that he had solo home runs. And again, they tried Luis Arise at the leadoff spot as well. He's hitting 288. I think he has about a 330-ish on-base percentage. Not terrible, but he's not doing it in the leadoff spot. He's been doing it down in the lineup, feeling a little bit more comfortable where I just feel there's too much pressure for him in that leadoff spot. He's just not there yet. In a big spot for a team like this, they need to get a consistent leadoff guy, and those two guys have not put out. Whereas the flip of the coin, go down the next guy, Jorge Polanco, who's been the 2-3 hitter, the power's not there. I mean, I don't know if it's a product of the baseball last year or the year before. Uh, it's just not there. And I, I think Polanco, he's not really hitting the ball super hard. He's got great contact, don't get me wrong. But uh, it's, it's the velocity, exit velocity. He's not hitting the ball hard. He's not really doing a whole lot there. He's been better on defense. I mean, if you're a big fan of no, uh, yeah. I think it's errors. Yeah, no errors or so. He has like either one or no errors this season, and Dick's been raving about it for the Minnesota Twins, the broadcaster. So, I mean, that's that's something at least, right? But of course, Cruz and Donaldson are going to be the cogs of this of this lineup, man. And it's really nice to see Donaldson back. If I'm a Chicago fan, I want to beat the Twins at their best. I don't want to beat them when all these guys are hurt. That's just a joke. I don't mm-hmm. like that. So. I'm glad they're back, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's been it's been iffy with the injuries lately. Uh, talking about the top of the top of the lineup thing, that, that was a problem coming into the season. Uh, I know Max Kepler was everyone's favorite, uh, but if you he's just a home run hitter, he's like that early attack. We've seen that that kind of that that shift in baseball, um, and he's gonna hit 240, and he's even been even worse this year. He's been hurt. Um, it just it seems like he's been out of it. And then, like you said, Arise. Arise hasn't been hitting like he normally does. Arise has been been off and on. Now, now he's hurt with the knee problem. Uh, Polanco has has been off and on. He's not he's not really your prototypical leadoff guy either. Even though he has a co- great contact and on base, uh, he just doesn't have the speed for the on base like Kepler does. So, I think it's it's such a weird lineup that that you you think should just excel constantly and it, and it does excel so much but without that that leadoff guy it's it seems like it's just missing something it just put him over the top um with donaldson back you see when donaldson came back you immediately saw the shift in the lineup you saw you saw him have some amazing amazing at bats uh and just ha- just have some professional at bats especially in the tiger series i know the tigers were a big thing but uh it's good to see them back good to see donaldson back and driving the ball everywhere uh but let's let's get into this this four game set between the Twins and the White Sox, because uh, that's coming up. We're we're gonna, we're recording just before the first game of this series. This is a big series. I went over this in a in a stitches stitches video a couple of days ago. Uh, what what are you looking for in the series? What where, where do you see the edge in the series? I'm looking for plate discipline. The Chicago White Sox have actually been pretty poor when it comes to walks. They're one of the worst in baseball. I believe they're 26th in walks, but they're on base percentage is one of the highest in the is the, the highest in the American League but that's due to their high contact rate. And the only reason why they have a high contact rate is because they're crushing fastballs. So teams are starting to see we're not going to throw 02 fastballs to them because that's just dumb. Why don't we just throw a breaking ball? I mean, you can expose Luis Robert with a slider away 02 1 2 even 2 2 maybe in full count. Why bother giving these guys fastballs if they can't show that they can hit a breaking ball? So the Twins who have very good spin rate, Tyler Duffy's got a great slider. Uh, they're, they're, Taylor Rogers got a great slider. The slider is going to be a big piece for this ball club to beat the White Sox because the Twins 
have such good starters and relievers that throw curveballs and sliders, and they don't have to rely on the fastball. And like I said, if you're throwing fastballs in poor counts, the Sox are going to take advantage of that. The Twins have exactly the right recipe to put in a big series against the Sox. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that's a that's a big advantage for the Twins. Uh, I mean, looking looking at the numbers, the, the average whiff rate, whiff percentage, swinging and missing in baseball is 24.5%. The White Sox only have three guys who are, who are, who are missing less than that. That's Jared Dyson, Lurie Garcia, and Nick Madrigal. I, everyone else is just swinging for the fences, led by led by Luis Robert, who leads the leads the league um, in whiff rate. But like you said, they're making contact, and that's what that's uh, for for a Twins. That's what kind of scares you a little bit, because there has been Taylor Taylor Rogers has been making mistakes. Jose Barrios has had two good starts in a row. Uh, and he's starting tonight. It's it's Randy Dobnik didn't have a great start last time out. It seems like. They're they're missing too much lately, and it's it's scary to think that though a team like the White Sox, who do swing first pitch more than any team in baseball, and it's it's a it's a risky approach, but it's been paying off for them. And I think that that is an advantage they have in this series. Um, I think the the bullpens are going to be big, like you said, but uh, the starting pitching, we we looked at them, and just like the just like the 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 lineup, it's a surprising thing, but they're both top of the league, like. Both of them are performing overly well. And, and do you think this has any chance? I mean, this could be a pitching duel series or it could be a be a, be a out-slug-em series. What, what, what are you thinking with this, with this four-game set? Well, I think it's interesting because you talk about pitching. The White Sox bullpen guys, uh, if you had Matt Foster, Ross Detweiler as good bullpen arms this year, you should probably go buy a lottery ticket because I did not. Their career stats are awful. They're not very good as far as stuff. Somehow, some way, they're putting out. Foster has a 1.31 ERA and Detweiler has a 1.56. These guys are stingy. They don't give a lot of runs. They're decent at striking guys out. They're not amazing, but they get out. So they get ground balls. They do the right things. And Foster has actually become one of the best relievers. You might even see him tonight for the Sox because Evan Marshall has been a little iffy lately, whereas he's lost the setup role and now he's kind of like a swingman in the fifth, sixth. So I would expect that the starters, most of them, are not going to be very good. I think the only two you can really count on to be pretty good to decent are Maeda and Giolito. That's just my personal opinion. If Keuchel does come back, he's probably going to go five, maybe get three earned. I don't think Dominic's going to have an amazing start. I think this is going to be a true test for him because the sinker down first pitch to White Sox hitters, I mean, it depends on how aggressive they are. If they see a pitch they like, they're going to hit the ball super hard. And that's going to be taking advantage for Dobnik. So, and Dobnik's breaking ball just hasn't been there that this year so far. So, we'll see. I mean, it's it's a big series. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on both these teams because we need to find out who's for real when it, in that retrospect because the Twins have been really bad against the Tigers and the Royals, whereas the White Sox have been awful against the Twins and the Indians, which are really good teams. So, it's been a flip-flop. It's been a tale of two. So, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm. I just think right now, as far as predictions, it's really tough. I would expect this series to be a split. I don't think anyone wins three out of four. I don't see a sweep happening. A sweep, uh, four games for either side is super, super rare in today's game. I feel like a split, and it's like it almost didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's. Listen, I mean, no, no, no. Twins fans rooting for a split. Obviously, the Sox would love a split. Um, but an interesting stat that I've that I've been seeing lately is 
The White Sox, I mean, we've seen it all year. They they haven't performed well against winning ball clubs. They're seven eleven right now against teams of over five hundred. Obviously, they're eighteen and two against the, the 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 Royals and the Tigers, and that's not that's nothing to say bad anything about um, beat bad teams. The Twins haven't done a great job at that. But of the, there's seven seven teams with with winning records against teams with winning records, and all of them are are leading their divisions besides the Twins and the Padres. The White Sox is the only division leader with without a winning record against teams with winning record that's that's a reason i'm not too too intimidated by the white Sox. i know the twins outside of the twins already having a good season against the white Sox. is there is there any like they hit well is are there are their numbers is boosted because they're dominating the these royals and these tigers I, you know it is very possible for sure i just think that in the beginning, teams were not pitching right to these guys. I don't know if it's just early in the season, we got a commander fastball because everything plays off of fastball in Major League Baseball if you're a pitcher. But I tell you what, when these guys got fastballs, they are breaking. They were breaking records on a pace at the beginning of the season. They were scoring so many runs. They've been putting up eight spots almost every night, it seems like, for runs scored. And teams have just not wanted to throw breaking balls. And now all of a sudden, the last week, They've been throwing breaking balls, and the Sox have been laying off here and there. But if you're facing a really good pitcher with a good breaking ball, they're making them look silly. And that's something that you can't do if you want to be a winning team. Because, look, I said the White Sox were going to have a, a Twins power offense, right? But when you look at it from the eye test, this is a Yankee yep. offense. They're going to get beat by breaking balls. The Yankees over the years have been destroyed by breaking balls. Only a few guys can hit breaking balls. That's pretty much like the Sox team. I would say maybe one can hit a breaking ball, and that's Nick Madrigal. The rest of them are going to struggle mightily against breaking balls. So, I mean, like I said, this is this is really hard for me to quantify. I mean, you could look at the pitching stats. It's almost super even. I put out on Facebook earlier yeah, a few days it's ago. Crazy. All the stats are pretty much lined up perfectly. If you like strikeouts, you're more going with the Twins. If you just like quality pitching, it's probably going to be the Sox. Uh, but, again, they're they're not, like, super far off. They're right there. As far as offense, they're not far off either. The Twins, uh, as far as on-base percentage, are a little bit different. Whereas home runs, they're right there. I mean, the Twins are four behind. And that's due to Donaldson not having a lot of home runs because of the injuries. And that's something that maybe the Twins could, you know, possibly beat the Sox in home runs. But disappointment has happened to the Sox as well. COVID, Johan Mankata was my MVP candidate before the COVID happened. And he has not looked great. But his on-base percentage is still decent. And that makes it pretty valuable so putting him in that two spot for so long to you know protect Abreu hasn't really happened. It hasn't been exactly there, so they had to move in Yasmani yeah. Grandal. And since Grandal has been in there, Abreu has been slaughtering baseballs. I mean, he has been going off. Jose Abreu is not the player that you would look at stats and say, or analytics, I should say, and be like, okay, well, this guy's just, you know, there's good hitters in front of him, RBIs, blah, blah, blah. No, this guy is legit he is the paul goldschmidt of the diamondbacks for when he drove in runs all he does is drive in runs i think he had 120 something rbis last year led the american league uh, yeah, there is no surprise league, yeah there is no surprise by this by anyone abreu is one of the most clutch yeah. players in the american league and he has shown it and that's why he's an mvp candidate this season so yeah we, if it, we saw that firsthand exactly so the thing is if he is quiet in this series this could be really bad for the White Sox because not only is he hot, but he is the best player on this team. And 
one of his biggest problems this season is sliders away. I've seen 2-2 counts, sliders away, and he is just offering at them. He is flailing at them. It's like he's not trying to walk or try and get the count full count. He is just trying to hit balls. And I've seen him hit some sliders really crappy and make contact, really slow, weak contact, but it works. But that's not going to work against some of the best relievers with sliders, and that's the Minnesota Twins. That's what they have. So we'll see how the approach is for not only Abreu, but most of this team. Whereas the Twins, I think you should break down what you think you need to see with the hitters against the White Sox pitchers. Yeah, I mean, you could almost just it's just almost say the same exact thing. It's uh, obviously Miguel Sano, his big issue is the, is the breaking pitches the way we've all seen that. Um, and then it seems like it's, it's interesting this year because last year the Twins absolutely murdered fastball. Um, that was the big thing, and we see the White Sox doing it this year. Good teams murder fastballs. The Twins struggled with fastballs to start the year. Um, it seems like all of them were off time. I don't know if it was just because the season was weird and we talked about that, um, but it just seemed like they were off with the fastballs. It, 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 now they're starting to pick them up. Nelson Cruz is starting to hit fastballs again. This year he was, he was late on them. Um, I, I'm, I think the Twins are hitting their stride at the right time. I know I know they lost Brent Rooker. I know Luis Ruiz is out. I know Eddie Rosario is out. Um, but it seems like the Twins hitters are hitting their stride. What I'm more worried about is honestly the is the pitching. Is Dobnik is he falling apart now? Because his last couple starts haven't been what we saw at the beginning of the year. Um, is Taylor Rogers ever gonna be the dominant force he was last year? Because he hasn't been great. So that's my big is my concern is is these is not not Kenta Maeda. He's gonna do what he does. Jose Barrios. We don't know what he's been he's been on a roll. Um, but it's really kind of these 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 secondary guys. I mean, like Whistler's been good. But it concerns me that he's he's kind of fluffed up right now. Teams just haven't seen him. Uh, and and Rodgers, like I said, he hasn't been spotting his fastballs. May hasn't been great this year. So it's, it is the pitching staff. I do think there is some guys that are carrying way more than they should. I think there are a lot of guys that are puffing up the, the stats. And so that's what my big concern is, the pitching staff. They haven't seen a team like the White Sox for a while now. Um, and consistently. And so a four-game set in Chicago against a team that is as hot as the White Sox are, I mean, like you said, Jose Abreu is is up there with Mike Trout for an MVP candidate. He's hitting 317, 361, 619 um, slash line. It's 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 scary to think what the Twins pitching staff could fall apart outside of outside of Barrios and Maeda. Um, we don't know if Pineda is gonna gonna continue what he's what he's been doing that six innings, eight Ks, uh, three run stuff. But uh, it's there's a lot more question marks in the rotation that it's starting to look like, which it, I'm concerned about. And it is those meat pitches, like you said, that the White Sox absolutely crush. Um, and I'm concerned that the Twins aren't going to take advantage of, of their sliders, their curveballs, which they have They have great. Like you said, Duffy and Whistler have some of the best pitches. Romo has some of the best sliders. Uh, those. It seems like I'm a little nervous about if the team can take advantage of using those pitches rather than trying to get ahead of them with a fastball. Um, and and not be worried about walking guys because the, the the White Sox aren't really worried about walking right away. They're they they see a pitch coming and they're and they're swinging. And so, can the Twins can the Twins take advantage of that? Can they try their try to dangle something in front of the White Sox at least at least challenge them a little bit? So that is my concern is the pitching staff for the Twins in this series. Can I give you a sleeper that I think that the Twins should probably use a little bit more, maybe even in this series, is Jorge Alcala. I think, yeah, he has a really good fastball, but his slider is starting to play pretty well. I think they got to start using him maybe against Luis Robert. 
I think Robert could really get absolutely bamboozled against this guy because it looks like, hey, Alcala's got a good fastball. Maybe I'm going to hit that. But he throws that show-me fastball away. Robert swings and misses. And then it's all sliders and Robert's toast. So I would say Jorge Alcala is a guy who's got to probably step up in this series. I think Rocco's got to use him a little bit yeah. more. Um, I feel like he's not using him at all. I, it feels like he's that guy we're going to put in the ninth inning if you know we need to come back. We're trying to stay in the game. Uh, I, I just feel like that's not – or excuse me, not the ninth inning, the tenth inning and extra innings. He seems like that guy is just going to give me length deep. But this is a guy who could be really helpful for this team, especially since you just said Romo's been a little iffy lately. I still think Romo's solid, but something not quite there. Yep. Maybe age, maybe it's just people are starting to figure him out. Um, I think he'll be fine this series just because the Sox are horrible against sliders. But, I mean, Jorge Alcala, I think he needs to get some more shots, especially with May down and not pitching well. So I expect him to be a big threat, a sleeper at best, in this series. Mm. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I really like Jorge Alcala. When he came up, he was obviously struggling with controls earlier this year, even last year when he was called up. But if you look at his, we're to bring it back to the analytics, he is absolutely incredible. He has a great spin rate. He is his, We all know about his velocity. But he also keeps the team from hitting him hard. He doesn't give up a lot of base hits. He keeps him off balance. He has a great great whiff rate and K rate. He, he is very uh, exciting talent, and I, I don't know if they're just they're trying to limit him to protect him a little bit, but his fastball and slider are absolutely wipeout. Um, he was using his changeup earlier in the year, which was which was pretty incredible, but uh, pretty helpful with what he was doing. But if he just sticks to a fastball slider guy, and he's another Duffy and May out of that pen, when he's throwing 95 to 100, I think that he's just, he adds to that pen, and it is a, it is a little concerning that he hasn't been used for a little while i think his last start the last time he pitched was in st louis which was a couple of days ago um but he seems like he has breaks long breaks between his he between his outings so i don't know if it's just a protection thing he's only 25 um but i would love to see him in this series especially if we see someone like like duffy someone out of the ordinary struggling um is he see uh, a Theobar come in and struggle a little bit Alcala I think is has to get some playing time if he's has any shot at the the postseason roster I mean like we talked about this is a postseason series right here this is two of the best teams in baseball two of the hottest teams in baseball so I think it's I, I was just thinking this it's it's gonna be a shame there's no fans there because I think this is our first taste of postseason postseason competition so, yeah. so yep. I agree. it's it's a little nervous What's your you give you give us a, a a sleeper on on the Twins? What's a sleeper on the White Sox? I know we're we're almost done the season. Sleepers are hard to find, but it seems like the White Sox have been putting a lot out there. Yeah, I wouldn't really call him a sleeper because people do know him. I think the Twins have already seen him, and he's been he's been hit a little bit by them. But I have to go with Cody Hoyer. I think it's just because of his fastball command. He's got a good slider. It was it he I mean the Twins laid off it pretty well but he's starting to get hot a little bit again. I think really he's going to be a big piece to how the Sox win late before we get to Colome and maybe even more so depending on how that's played out as well or Foster. I mean the Sox can play it however they want matchup wise. Yeah. But Cody Hoyer for me is going to have to be the big arm outside of the guys I just listed to really just settle the Twins down. I think he's a great guy to get Sano out because he has a great slider. Sano's going to be very trigger-happy on that first-pitch fastball. And Cody Hoyer's got some movement on 97-98. It looks like it's coming right down the middle, and then it sinks away. And then there you go, first strike, and then Snow's going to start getting sliders. And it's all about can he lay off him, can he be disciplined, 
The same situation with Luis Robert. Obviously, Sano has shown he has better plate discipline so far in his career over Robert. Robert's a rookie. But it's still a problem for Sano as well to lay off sliders. So that's my sleeper there. Uh, Nick, do you have like a hitter that we should really pay attention to outside of Cruz, Donaldson, and Abreu that you think is for both clubs that would really impact this series? Yeah, I mean, for 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 the Twins, it's it's an it's a it's an outfielder, um, and it's not Jake Cave, it's Lamonte Wade. I know I've been a little higher on him than than a lot of people have, but he he is that 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 little X X factor for for a club like the Twins and the White Sox. Um, he he's like that Luis Arise. He, he has a great eye at the plate, and he has been he's been a little hot late. He's he has a, he's got a good single stroke. He's not a lot of pop in his bat. But he's a very good eye at the plate. He puts up very good, uh, good, good plate appearances. Put puts up good battles at the plate. Um, I think he could be a guy that might that might sneak on, might frustrate the White Sox a little bit, um, because he isn't gonna he isn't up there swinging right away. He he's like a, a rise or, or, or a plunk when he's gonna battle a little bit, um, and and he is he's gonna get a lot of playing time this series. Uh, he's at first base tonight. He might see some time in the outfield. Um, but I really like him. I think he he has potential to 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 start something, start, get on base somehow. He I think he walked a couple times, got hit by a pitch the other day, and he's just been getting on base like crazy. Um, so I think he is a guy to watch out for. He he kind of alternates with Cave. Uh, but for for the White Sox, it's really it kind of like you said with Hoyer. He's a big name. Um, it's Aloy. It's Aloy for the White Sox. I feel like he's forgotten about in that lineup. Because you have Abreu, Robert, and Anderson, and Grandal and McCann, who's been great, Aloy's putting up incredible numbers this year. He's hitting 301, 337 with a 590 on base percentage. He hits the ball. He hits the ball hard. He barrels it up a lot. Barrels it up over more, most on the team. And I feel like he isn't brought up enough. I know you 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 seem to just break down his his batting stance every every other week because it seems like he changes it. But he's a scary bat. He's a really scary bat because he has that opposite opposite field pop, um, and it's it's kind of nerve wracking to think he could what he could do to a to a hanging slider that just catches outside of the plate. Mm, yeah, he's been um, hitting the sliders for sure. Yep, that's good. So he he is my concern with this with this White Sox team. Um, he hits right in the middle of that order, and I think he he just he's an, a reason this White Sox team is is running the way it is right now. And so he is a dangerous bat, I think, and a bat we're not talking enough about. Yeah, for me, for the Sox, it's Johan Moncada. Moncada's starting to catch fire as far as hits. The power's not quite there. He's trying to get back into his own. All he has to do is get on base. I don't know where he's going to hit in this lineup. They could mix and match. He's been the two-hitter most of the time uh, against lefties. I believe he's like seventh. So if it's a right-handed pitcher, he's going to probably bat second. He's going to be right in front of Abreu. If he gets on base for Abreu and Grandal, that's going to be a scary situation for the Twins. Could be run scored. Uh, I really feel Moncada getting on base, putting a little pressure even on the base paths because of his speed, that's going to be important. Now, I do know it's it's hard to know with him because he does strike out quite a bit. I believe he has the most strikeouts on the team outside of Luis Robert, but he also has one of the best eyes. He's second in walks. That's important. I think him getting on base is just going to be huge for a team like the Sox. I do also like Tim Anderson in this series. I think Tim Anderson going to be very annoying for the Twins. He's just going to you know, put the ball in play, small ball, basically. Not even, he didn't even have to hit the ball hard. He's just going to beat it out, get singles, and then when he gets on base, then you got to deal with Mankata. And if even if you get Mankata out, here comes Abreu and Grandal. So, again, those two guys yeah. are going to be threats 
once Tim Anderson, and Tim Anderson also is always going to threaten pitchers on the base pass. He only has six bags this year, but whenever he wants, he will steal. And the Sox are pretty notorious for hitting runs as far as they know a first pitch fastball is coming. They're going to let Anderson loose, and he's going to be running the bases. So that's that's something I would watch out for as well in this series. Yeah, yeah, and going to Mankata, I think it's interesting that he said he is only hitting 260, but he does have that on-base percentage. Um, he he made it f- pretty far in our uh, in our in our bracket this past past summer. I I've been pretty high on him. I think he's a he's an all-around talent. His defense, I haven't really watched much of his defense. I know his defense was improving last year. I haven't seen much of it this year. Um, but he is such a talent. I mean, that it's it's so overplayed, but. If you when you look what, look at when he's on, he is an MVP talent. He can steal when he, if he ever really wants to get into that again, or or if they're not just not letting him. But he has the wheels for that. He has an incredible bat. Like you said, he has a good eye. Mankata is he can break out at any moment, and I think that's that's incredibly frightening for teams outside of the Chicago area. With already three players above 300, they got Ruiz Robert hits the ball hard. Grandal's been hitting the ball hard. Um, I, I do like Mankata as a as a kind of a watch out guy because he is a watch out guy. He seems like that the kind of guy that's gonna break out this series. Um, if the White Sox are looking to get some separation now with the Twins, um, yeah, I think this will be a fun series. I'm excited for it. A four game set in Chicago. This is the last series between the two clubs. Um, Chicago has a little bit of a tougher ending to the season. I think they play Cleveland and Chicago. And they, play the, and they team. have the Reds in there too. I think they might be next, actually. Good yeah, staff, so. the twin. Yeah, the Twins get a little bit of a uh, nice ending to the season. Um, so you got so you still have the White Sox winning it all this year over the Twins in the Central. I do. I just feel that with the power that they have, the pitching has definitely. I mean, it's it's over my head. I did not see this coming. Not just from the bullpen, but the starting rotation has been a lot better than expected. The power and offense was always there, I think, not even myself, but you guys agreed, but it was always the pitching for you guys, right? And the pitching has stepped up. Yep. I just thought they were going to yeah, outscore so many. I thought they were going to outscore so many of these uh, Royals and Tigers, and that's why they're going to be here, and that's exactly what they've done. They have dismantled both of those organizations. Whereas yeah, that's the Twins, been pretty incredible. Whereas the Twins and Indians have got the best of the Sox. So, like I said, two tails here. But, yeah, I mean – I really can't discredit the Twins. They've really put out, without Donaldson producing, Kepler's not quite there. Polanco's been okay for Polanco. Uh, the offense for the Twins, not quite what you would expect, Nick. What do you think? Uh, do you think Do you think your Twins can still overtake mm-hmm. this division? I do, I do think they can. I think it, it's because they do perform well against the White Sox the past, this past year and this year. Uh, and I think it's, this, it's a team that's finally clicking. Um, we've seen it. We've seen it uh, the, earlier this year. It seems like they're with constantly being injured. Pitching was what was doing it for them. But uh, they have they've hit the most home runs since we started September, um, and that was that was the big concern with no trade deadline. They didn't do anything. They said reinforcements were coming, and Donaldson came back, Pineda came back, Buxton got healthy, and Buxton's been on a tear with the offense. Um, and we already talked about Donaldson. It's only it were it's it's a matter of time if we see Kepler get healthy. Uh, Garver's coming back. I think this team it's it's starting to hit their stride, um, just in the perfect time for the season to come to a close. Like I said, the, the Twins have a little bit easier schedule to close out, and I think this is going to be a, 
I think again, I don't think we can emphasize emphasize as much how important this series is between the White Sox and the Twins. Um, any last comments before we close out? We don't have a name game to go over, so what's your what's your what's your prediction for this series? I think it's going to be a two-two series, man. And I, I would say at the end of the season, like I predicted a while ago, no matter who wins the Twins or White Sox of this Central, it will be separated by one game, and I'm sticking to it. Mm. Mm. Well, I have the Twins sweeping this series going 4-0 against the White Sox. Um, <laughs> but we'll see wow. what happens. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Uh, it was just Robert and I. I hope we I hope we got to Luke's standards. I hope Luke just doesn't delete this whole thing and record a podcast by himself. <laughs> um, remember to s- subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rate and review. You can email us about how much you hated this episode or how much you want to only hear Robert and I at thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we are on social media at The Stitches Pod. Robert, we did it. We survived this podcast. Um, let's go watch some Twins and White Sox baseball. Yeah.